So yeah, Encounter with God section, our 20 million movements, studying the Bible with 20 million different people all across the world. And yeah, this um, Bible study today, um, this week, the big theme... Today in particular, we're going to be talking about the great controversy, but it's in relationship to prayer. Mm. Um, This week is all about prayer, which is such a, um, I would say, such a sweet topic. Oh, it's incredible. You know, and I have to say, when people ask me about my experience in Australia, um, there's no way that I can talk about it without mentioning how prayer transformed me. Mm. Because you have to understand, you know, I, I came here to study the Bible college, Arise, or Bible school, not college, sorry. And then after being here for eight weeks, it got interrupted because of COVID and we um, were forced to stop the program. And seven of us internationals decided to stay mm. um, because we, we wanted to choose faith over fear. And we knew that if we went home, we were just going home because we were afraid. Mm. And so we chose to stay. But let me tell you, when we chose to stay, we started praying. We definitely started praying because, um, to be honest, it may sound a little extreme now, um, but I I really didn't know when I was going to see my family again Mm. or if I was going to see my family again. Because the way they were talking about at the beginning, it just seemed like everybody was going to get it and the death toll was going to be totally um, just through the roof. And so it's definitely my prayer life um, went through the roof at that time as I was making, to me, a very huge decision mm. um, to choose to stay. And then everything was prayed for. A mm. place to stay, food. Um, and we prayed all together as a group for a lot mm. of time. Um, and we just watched God per, um, perform miracle after miracle after miracle. Mm. So prayer is very important to me. It is. It's. Um, I've heard it's. It's like the lifeblood of of faith, um, because it's ultimately it's something we're going to get into. But it's it's giving God the ability to work in our lives. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what prayer is. God is just ever seeking yes. to come into our lives and to work in our lives. Like yeah. this is something that again is just communicated right throughout the Bible. Uh, my mind immediately goes to Revelation three twenty. Jesus knocking on the door mm. of our heart. That response to Jesus itself is rooted in prayer. It's like, how do we come to God? How do we talk to Him? Um, how do we come before Him? And yeah, I want to go to just quickly before we get into the great controversy, okay. um, because this is very deeply rooted in the. This this touches on that as well. Let's go to Hebrews chapter four. Um, one of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Hebrews. I think this is like. You know, it's said that no one exactly knows who this is written by. It's theorized Paul. Some people say, you know, there are some sections that some people say um, when theologians and translators have studied it, they're like, wow, this sounds, you know, a little bit more Peter. This sounds a little bit more James. Um, But ultimately, um, I I believe that Hebrews is just one of the greatest sermons written in the Bible. It's one of the greatest letters. I'd imagine it being like one one of the believers who came from Jerusalem. It's like they would be out in the world or whatever it be, and they'd meet up with a group of Jews, and they would come and they would preach Hebrews to them, and they preach the message of how Jesus fulfills, um, Jesus fulfills faith ultimately. Jesus fulfills what God has been doing um, right throughout history, and we see that come to a real head. If we read from verse fourteen to verse sixteen, do you want to read that for us? So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. 
This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> it's very inspiring. It's very encouraging, to be honest. Mm, yeah, very, very encouraging. Very timely. When, you, when you've got to depend on someone, he'll be there for you. Yes. 100%. And that's like, I've heard it said um, before that, the real message of Hebrews, like the entirety of the book, is this whole idea of just don't give up. Mm. And it's like really getting to the heart of why. It's because Jesus, you know, the Son of God, sympathizes with our weaknesses. But I love the title that it gives to Jesus here. And this is, touches on our theme of great controversy a little bit. What does it call him here? It calls him the high priest. The high priest. This is a denotion, and this is one of the first we see um, in the New Testament, a denotion of Jesus's post-earth work, mm-hmm. um, which is very, very, very important to this idea of the great controversy. When we say great controversy or cosmic conflict, as we were um, giving, um, you know, uh, advertisement to the to the book that's still on offer we're going to have the dvd sorry (laughs) that's still on offer which we'll be giving more clues on in the future so if you want to win that dvd the cosmic conflict stay listening um it essentially like in in a very conceptual way it's talking about like the war between good and evil and then semantically it's between you know christ and satan it's this great thing that's happening over time you know the the his you know the um the history books of earth have been telling this story of of how um god has been interacting with humanity and it's good and evil and whatnot um and of course like the real center point of that story, the real peak of that was Christ on the cross, right? Mm-hmm. That was when God pays the death, you know, pays the ransom for sinners. Men have the ability to be saved from Jesus's ultimate sacrifice. And then post that, especially, you know, myself and Angela and Kelvin sitting across from me being Seventh-day Adventists, we have this, you know, great belief in Jesus's... Oh, and also Liam as well. <laughs> yeah, he got, got some wide eyes there. He's like, oh, what are you, what are you excluding me for now, Liam? Of course, we love you too. Um, <laughs> of course, believing in Jesus's second coming and the ultimate conclusion of this great controversy... But there's been this big period of time, what, 2,000 years um, since Jesus's first coming to Jesus's second coming, um, where we're just being, we've just been chilling here. We're just like, <laughs> things have been rolling on. But of course, we've got a, a job to fulfill, the Great Commission, um, which is something that has been continually inspiring Christians throughout the ages until this point, I believe, the time of the end. Um, we've been fulfilling that. But yeah, this highlights Jesus's work in heaven. Um, what Jesus has been doing behind the scenes, this idea of he's the high priest, he's the mediator, he's the intercessor, and he's atoning for those who are on the earth. And that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit, though. Um, but going back to the beginning. So before, um, oh man, time just goes so quickly. I love it. We have, um, we, no, we have lots of time, actually. We, yes. have a, we have a fair bit of time. It's running out. But let's go to Revelation chapter 12. Well, I think that, you know, whenever we talk about prayer, um, I think a lot of people can resonate with the fact that they have um, unanswered prayers in their lives. Yes. Right? Um, there's many, many times that we have prayed and we feel like we've just prayed to a roof, mm-hmm. right? Like a ceiling where there is no answer. 
Um, I'm sure each one of us can tell stories about what seem to be unanswered prayers. Um, and I think that's why when you talk about prayer, you have to talk about the great controversy. Yes. You have to realize that there's two forces at, at play here. And so in order to fully appreciate the power of prayer, you have to understand that there's someone working against your prayers as well, which is what um, Revelation is going to show us. Mm. Um, and the fact that there is this picture of a great controversy. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, so here you go. In Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 9, it gives us a picture of the fact that there is um, something going on beyond the, behind the scenes that we cannot see. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Mm. So essentially what we've been getting at, what we've been building up to so far is, yes, there is this great controversy. There is this war happening, good and evil, um, that's taking place between Christ and Satan on this earth. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like the whole concept of battlefield earth. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on this earth and, you know, there's this crazy conflict happening around us. Um, we are to play for, essentially. We are the, the you know, the big players in that controversy is Christ and Satan, but we are the ones being affected by that. And when I read a passage like that, it's like war broke out in heaven, the the dragon was cast out. Now he's on earth and now it's taking place on earth. I'm like, man, how am I as a lowly flesh and blood human being supposed to live and Mm. respond to that? Mm. What am I supposed to do? Like, there is this crazy thing happening around me with powers that I can't even see, that I can't even begin to comprehend their complexity. Um, yet I'm living amongst that. How do I respond to that? And this is, I think, where prayer really, mm-hmm. co- as you were talking about Definitely. praying and what's going on around me, like here this verse really shows us like the stakes. It shows us the players. It's like, this is really what's going on here. When, when you've got two people fighting over something, you'd want everyone to play fairly. Mm-hmm. You want them to play by the rules. But it says here, Satan, which deceives the whole world. Like, he's, not, he's playing dirty. Mm. Yeah. Like, Jesus doesn't deceive us. No. He puts in front of us the facts, gives us the freedom and the love to choose and to choose wisely. Mm. But Satan takes away our choice. Yeah. He robs us because he deceives us of the truth. The truth is not in him, so he can't share what he hasn't got. Hmm. Yeah, and it's like, again, and then the context of that is like that deception coming from Satan, who Mm. we cannot see. Like, you know, this war happening that we cannot see. And um, I'm just quickly going to read Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, which touches on this point as well. It's like, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness. Um, of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Like, ultimately, this leaves me in a place where I'm like, man, the odds are really stacked against us. Like, 
This yes. is tough. But we have an incredible tool available to us, and we have the power to choose it or not to choose it. Mm. So we can get very overwhelmed because Satan loves to whisper lies to us, and we can just throw up our hands and say, well, I'm just a victim of this cosmic conflict. I'm just a pawn being played with. You know, we have that choice. Like God, what's so incredible about God is he can see all, but he respects our right to choose. Mm. And so he's not forcing himself like this is the better way or this is the way that it could work out. He's saying, you know what? I am going to let you choose. And when we have that choice, we can either listen to Satan's lies or we have the power to ask God, Lord, please help me. Because we, we aren't wrestling. It's not about it's not like an arm wrestling match, Lawson, that I'm like, all right, I'm going to arm wrestle you down. Mm. Right. Like, that's yeah. not what I have to do with Satan. I have to say, Lord, this is too big for me. Can you help me? Yes. And boom, as soon as we just call on the name of Jesus, we have a we have a host of angels here to fight for us. Because mm. we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against powers, against principalities, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness. Oh, yes, that's so And the book of Daniel good. says that we have um, angels that excel mm. in strength. Mm-hmm. You know, like these, are, we, we don't realize how much unlimitless power there is available to us, mm. but we have to pray, we have to ask. Yeah, you have this, not because you ask not. Exactly. Instead of this being discouraging, this to me, the fact that there is a cosmic struggle is the most encouraging thing. Because otherwise, you know, we love to say, oh, look at God is in control. Mm. And if you look around at the world and you're <laughs> like, really, this, this, mm. this is God is in control, you know, thousands being forced into sexual slavery, people starving, um, horrendous things going on, and you're saying God is in control. So I think we need to be very careful when we use that saying because it can put a label on God, which God um, graciously often takes on. You see in the Old Testament, you know, that Mm. basically what he is not stopping, he's claiming responsibility for. You know, it's incredible. But we have to understand that when we say God is in control, we're forgetting the fact that Satan was cast to this earth. Yes. And he's playing a huge role, right? So as I wake up every morning, I have a choice. Am I going to listen to self today? Or am I going to say, Lord, I cannot put my feet on this ground and get out of this bed until I know that you're going to walk with me today. And that's why prayer is so critically important. I think Mm -hmm. we don't often think about the effect of self. Yes. The, The effect that not only self can have on self, but self can have on the world. You know, it's, it's people who change the world. That's mm-hmm. just simply, of course, you know, we're living in the time of coronavirus and it's like we're seeing something that, well, that come from a, <laughs> a person. Um, but it isn't necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily motive driven, but still it's it's our decisions that can drastically affect the course of not only our lives, but other lives um, and can either, you know, lead to life or destroy. And it's like, who do I want to be? Do I want to be someone who leads to life, um, mm-hmm. not only for myself, but for others or to destroy? Um, because, yeah, like there are ultimately there are people vying for you who are willing to use you. There's either. Yeah, there's either God or there is Satan. And you've touched on this point. Exactly. Like they're both standing at the door. They're mm-hmm. both ready. Um, and so I think it's prayer. That is the ant like god's answer and it says in second corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 actually you could read that for us angela this is a really powerful verse to you know how in which we respond to that and what god gives us to respond to that 
So Second Corinthians. Um, chapter 10 and verse 4. And I'm actually going to read verse 3 too. It says, oh, yeah, We also. are human, but we don't rage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false judgments. And I'm going to read verse 5. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps us keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Mm. Oh, amen. So yeah, that's like... This gives us a lot of uh, a lot of hope, I think, a lot of um, a lot of instruction as well of where our psyche should be in relationship to this war that's happening, in relationship to this controversy. Um, yeah, well, you know, I'm sure we can all resonate with the fact that we try to mm. use our own weapons, right? Yes, I I know for me that I sometimes struggle with needing control and to completely just give up control and and just um, trust can be very difficult for me. And it's like, well, I just need to know that, you know, everything's going to be okay. And I need to know my next steps. And I have found that the closer I get with Christ and the more I learn to depend on him is that he just gives me enough light for the next step Mm. and enough light for the next step. He doesn't necessarily give me a high beam that helps me to see, um, you know, five kilometers into the future. He gives me enough light to see the next step. And um, that is where it is incredible just to learn to trust him in that faith journey. Mm, I think because that, that would be incredibly overwhelming, uh, an incredibly overwhelming experience. I think God keeps that from us to keep us on the line of faith. Yeah. Um, when we can just take him at his word. I love the song, "'Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Um, because, yeah, when we're taking at him at his word, when we're walking with him, he can lead us through those potholes. You know, um, yeah, there is just constantly things going on around us that we can't see yet god is leading us through all of them i love it when jesus says walk while you have the light lest you fall into darkness um yeah the way in which you obtain that light is clearly through prayer um yeah and definitely and i think um learning to to trust the unanswered prayers mm. um learning to say lord it may not look as though this prayer has been answered because it hasn't been answered in the way that i want it to be answered or i'm not seeing the results immediately but learning to be like oh you know what i've prayed i've surrendered this now i trust and i mm. think that's a huge component of prayer and then understanding that you are in a great controversy, which means that there are many things going on in the big picture that we can't see. That God has from a bird's eye view. He can see um, the different struggles that are going on and how our choices affect other people's choices and other people's choices affect our our choices, right? And so when we understand that, we can come to peace with the fact that sometimes there are unanswered prayers in our life. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM positively different okay so we've been talking about the cosmic conflict in relationship to prayer the great controversy um lifting the veil and seeing that man there is just so much going on that we don't see and our only way um to stay afloat to um power through that to have um a guide and a way through that is by the power of prayer is by jesus leading us but something that we uh we're talking about a little bit in the break and we thought we would get to is uh because it was mentioned by Angela is this whole idea of why is it that our prayers Mm. sometimes don't get answered yeah and I think you definitely have to talk about this discussion when you talk about prayer because I honestly believe that the majority of people who leave Christ is because of an unanswered prayer they feel like they've been communicating with a brick wall and Mm. they've heard nothing back and so I think it's very important 
to understand um, why there are unanswered prayers in your life or what appear to be unanswered prayers. And there's many, many answers to that, but we'll just get into one. And we'll start with James 4, Mm -hmm. uh, verses 2 through 3. And it says, You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. And Calvin, we were talking about what that means, because you ask amiss. Yeah, like amiss, we're, we, is that meaning that we're asking for the wrong things? Because mm. mm. it's talking about lusts. It's talking about um, killing and, and having like war, going at war with people. Um, does that mean that we're, we're praying, but even though we're praying, we have the wrong motivation in our heart? Mm. Like we're st- not trying to tune in and be in harmony with God's will and God's desire. Mm. So we're, we're, fighting, we're praying, but in our prayers, we're fighting against God with our prayers. Wow. Which is super difficult, right? Because I'm sure that there are things that like, you know, when, when my best friend was dying of cancer, I wasn't trying to, I didn't think it was selfish to pray that mm. she would be healed, you know? So there's definitely extremely difficult prayers. And I don't want to negate those to our listeners because I'm sure that there are prayers coming to your heart right now that you have desperately prayed that doesn't seem to be asking amiss. How could it not be in God's will, you know, for um, my friend to live? Mm. And so understanding that right now when you're thinking about your prayers, um, maybe put those aside for a little bit and think about the prayers that you've asked that you're definitely focusing on what you want Mm. and about what your desires are because that's definitely what's being talked about here. Yeah, 100%. It's interesting, um, just a few chapters earlier in the opening of the book. I love the book of James. Um, and the, the, you know, the opening passage just really gives a good description of what he'll be talking about later. And he just jumps straight to the heart, to, heart of it. He says in James chapter 1 and verse 6, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. An amazing promise. Like, if I'm struggling, especially in this whole idea of great controversy, like, man, if I need help to get through this, I can go to God and ask him. I can seek after him and he will give it to me. Mm. Um, He wants to lead me. He cares for me. Mm. But it says immediately after this, but let him ask in faith with Mm -hmm. no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let that not man not suppose sorry for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all of his ways and this is just getting at you know just the deceit and corruption and lostness of our hearts Mm, um where we can end up and i think it very much even yeah in in the christian context of like yeah i'm a christian i'm asking god i'm coming to him um but are we asking him for yeah the right reason for the right motivation and wh- how much of that involves faith because you read there in verse five if any of you lack wisdom when you read king solomon in ecclesiastes king solomon talks about knowledge yes understanding and putting that understanding into action then becomes mm. wisdom so here it says if you lack wisdom so we know wisdom is our knowledge and understanding in action. Mm. So if we're not acting on what we know, that's to me, that's faith. Mm. Like if we don't ask with faith and we don't ask God to help us, are we putting our prayers in jeopardy? This is something that I heard once. I think is this is such an insightful quote is basically there's no such thing as a dumb question mm. except for a question that you ask 
not caring about the answer. Hmm. So it's like, yeah, Hmm. just exactly how it sounds. It's like if you ask a question and you receive the answer, but you don't even really care, like it has no effect or burden on you, well, then it's a dumb question. What's the point of even knowing? And I think that's where God's really coming from because a a big portion of prayer is asking questions like God again in relationship to the great controversy like god where am i going what am i doing like what is going on and please guide me through this and it's if we're just asking to not be changed Mm. let not that as the bible says let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the lord he is unstable um what benefit is it to you or to god if he blesses you in that way for you to not use it i think god still makes provision for us i think god still provides i think god is amazing but yeah we just really need to be in this place when it comes to and i think especially this morning as we talked about the cosmic conflict and how big of scope it is and how important it is when we're coming to god in prayer let us come earnestly yeah and and i also think that he longs to give us wisdom which Mm. means that as we learn to depend on him and trust more and more he will show us um, in the end, why things did or did not get answered. And mm. I, I like what you're, you're commenting there. Like when you look at Daniel, like Daniel played, prayed for an answer to the, the dream, the vision that he had. Yes. He prayed for 21 days. He had three formal prayers a day. So three prayers times 21 days equals 63. 63. How often do we pray for 63 times for mm. an answer to prayer? Mm. Mm. It's, it's very convicting. That shows you've got a strong desire to have that prayer answered yes. and that you're consistent. You're asking God over and over and over. And like, I have found that my prayers that seem to be unanswered turn out to be the biggest blessings. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for not Amen. answering that the way that I thought was so good. And, you know, looking back when my best friend died, though I do not, am not thankful that she did, I am so thankful for the witness that her life was and her testimony. And Amen. she's God's. Yep. Satan Amen. didn't win. Amen. Amen.